Good morning, everyone. Glad uh, you can join us here today for worship. Um, as we come here today, uh, there's a lot of things uh, happening around the world. Um, a lot of things uh, concerning Ukraine and Russia and all the above. And on top of that, you know, there's life that is taking place around us here in the States and here in Maryland and here in you know, Montgomery County, Howard County, whatever county that you happen to be residing in. And as we um, just come before God here today, we need to really ask ourselves uh, this question. What is our standard here today? Um, if we can click through, click and click. So this is the question I want to start us off here today with, is whose standard are we really living by, right? Whose standard are we really living by? And I really want you to think about that. Um, another way to really ask this question is, who or what are you living for, right? And you might have really good answers for this question. It could be like for, for family, right? Uh, for some people, it could be security, right? Making a living. It could be a lot of good things. It could be for a cause. It could be for um, just something really good. However, if it is a person or persons that you're living for, the thing with people is expectations can shift, expectations can change. Or there are many times where what we expect and what is expected might be different, right? Uh, what you think doesn't really match with what they think. And it's like, ah, oh, I was living for you, but then you don't really appreciate what I'm doing for you. And you know, there's that type of back and forth that could happen. Or if it's for a thing or for money, we have to understand that one day it will be gone because that's just the nature of material things. Or there'll be a generation that doesn't appreciate whatever that thing or movement or whatever it is as much as you do. And we really need to ask ourselves, what standard am I living? Whose standard am I living out? Because that will really show where, where you are, where your spiritual state happens to be, and where, you, and where you are with God as well. It really reveals a lot of oneself asking this question. Because we, we run a risk here if our standard is not quite God, but things or people, our lives are no different, hot take, <laughs> no different than like an animal, right? Where we just live for eating, live for our own pack or our own, our own, and that's it. There is no impacting the world that is around us because the world is scary. Just keep what is your own and keep that very safe. And it becomes very insular, right? Very inside just your own bubble. And that might sound great for many of us. <laughs> just like, that's, that's nice. Uh, I wouldn't mind that. Um, there's this one, one friend of mine, he always says, because there, there's a lot of family issues. So he's like, I want to be the king of the north. If, if I, I never watched Game of Thrones. It's a Game of, Game of Thrones reference. I don't, I don't know. It's not a, you know, a, a, a prompt to watch it or anything like that. But 
he was telling me, oh yeah, king of the north, he just stays away from everybody. And I was like, ah, I see. Um, we can't live like that, you know, where we're constantly apart from everybody because everybody eventually things come around where everybody will come to you one way or another, whether you like it or not. Whose standard are you living by here today? Uh, can we click? And we need to look at what is the true standard. Verse 1, it says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you click, Christ, yes. Christ is our standard because it's through Christ we have not only peace with God, right? We always think, oh, God of wrath and all this. It's in Jesus Christ that we have peace with God and we have been justified, meaning you have been made right. Even though you are in the wrong, you have been made right in Jesus Christ. And now you have peace with God before you owed a debt of sin, right? And it's that very uncomfortable debt where you have to give up your life type of debt <laughs> but you have so much debt and only one life to give up that you can't pay off this debt because there's not enough lives this is once again not a video game but this is a uh, reality but it says here that we've been justified and now we have peace with God and this is our starting point right this is where we begin no matter, a lot of people, when they, when they try to walk their Christian walk, they think that this is the pinnacle. I need to be holy. I need to be right with God. They think that's the pinnacle. No, that's your starting point. Jesus Christ has made you right with God when you receive them into your heart. That's your starting point. No matter how bad you mess up, that's your starting point. You have peace with God. A lot of people, they, they kind of shoot themselves in the foot thinking, oh, I can't go to God. I messed up too much today. Their standard is their own standard, what they think is quote-unquote right. They're not looking to God's standard because God's standard says this is your starting point. It's grace. It's by grace and it's in faith, this trust that we have of what God has done that now we are with peace with God and we have this opportunity to talk with him. This is our standard, this is our starting point. And it leads to number two here today, true hope. Verse two, it says this, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace into which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We have, click, access to grace. And this is by faith. We need God's grace in so many things. Uh, I, have, I had a discussion with my kids, and they always ask me, Dad, do you love us better, or do you love God better? <laughs> I'm like, ah, tricky question. <laughs> but, but I always tell them I love God better. And then I always have to give them an explanation, because they always give me a look like, oh, how dare you type of look. So I'm like, look. You guys aren't angels all the time, okay? <laughs> if you were, maybe that'll change the story a little bit. But 
because I love God more, he gives me grace to love you guys better too because you are rude sometimes. <laughs> you are, you know, you make mistakes sometimes and I need God's grace and his love to give me patience because I'm human. <laughs> I can only take so much. But it's because of God's love and grace for me, I can love you guys better. This is what we have access to. It's not, it's not just something I throw at them to make it sound like a very good Christian fatherly thing to say. This is something that I'm living out. Because really, there are so many times where, uh, I mentioned before, you can feel very alone. Even, even with a family, with kids, everybody is around you. You can still feel very alone. But it's in that grace, this access to grace that we have by faith that God gives us strength in midst of that loneliness to show us that he is actually with us, Emmanuel, right? God who is with us. And it's not like a psychological thing or anything like that. It's something that really grounds you so that you can be kind of that foundation for your family, foundation for your kids, foundation for even the friends that are around you. Because the world around us, the foundation that they're on is really shaky. It's not very strong. It's very broken. And we need to see these type of real answers take place in our lives. Because uh, next point here is hope of glory of God. And when we see that, we might be like, what? We're, we're supposed to live for God's glory? Like, what does that supposed to look like? What does that mean? And click. When we hear that, don't assume God is like people, right? Oh, God, you're so greedy <laughs> or you're so selfish. Why, why, do you, why do we always have to live for your glory? Why can't we get the glory? Um, but that's us putting God's head on a person's shoulder. God is God. And his glory is actually what we need. Because it's in his glory we find healing. It's when we are in his glory, we actually discover who we are, what we are, what we do, discover our talents, discover why we're here on this earth. That is God's glory. It's all for God's glory. And this is what we need to be able to see take place. It's not God being greedy. It's not, being God, it's not God being selfish. It's God displaying his creation, right? And this is the calling that we've been given, is to know him so that we know why we're here. And in doing so, not only do we have a true hope, but we have joy because we have purpose. We have a direction in this life. That's why this next point, number three here today, we have true strength. What is true strength? Verse three through five, it says this, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So rejoice in suffering. Why? How can, we, how can anybody rejoice when you're in suffering? We went over Job uh, through our Wednesday Bible study. Suffering 
doesn't look very glamorous or enjoyable at all. But why does it say here we can rejoice in suffering? It's because there's a plan. It's not mindless suffering that God puts us through. We might not see it in the beginning of it, and we might not see it in the middle of it even, and we might not see it until even after the end, but it could be a little after the end of the suffering. But nonetheless, there is a plan behind the suffering that we do face in this life. And the type of suffering uh, that we do go through, God changes it, changes a problem into an answer where this suffering turns into endurance by God's grace, right? That's why I told my kids what I told them. I can't, the only reason why I can love and pour my love to you guys is because I'm turned to God. And this type of endurance produces character. And this character produces hope. And this is so important because it's not a hope like I hope I get an A in my class or I hope I get that pay raise or I hope I get that job or I hope I get whatever, fill in the blank. It's not that type of hope. The hope that God is calling us to is a hope that is assured, like 100%. Assured, like it's not a probability type of hope, but a hope that is sure. And this is our, our true strength that we need to be able to see. We need to show this world through real problems, there are real answers in the gospel that he has given to us. We just need to confirm it. We just need to hold on to God's word and confirm his word. Just like today's word, right? What we're going through, confirm it throughout this week. Confirm it to see what God is doing through your lives to understand what, it, what is it that you're living for? What is the true standard in which you're living? And if that standard is not Christ, I, I uh, just encourage you to discover what it is then. Because that's the beginning of figuring out where you are and who you are and coming to discover Christ in the process. So conclusion here today is this. We need an answer for our generation. So you can see that kind of as like a hundred years worth of answers, right? Our generation is, no one lives quite up to a hundred, maybe a little short of a hundred, but we need answers for this generation because there's so much um, uncertainty. There's so much going on in this world that brings about a lot of anxiety for a lot of people. But we have to see even beyond the problems to be an answer for those who are around us. And it's not only, it doesn't just stop there. We need answers for this age, right? And that's about a thousand years. <laughs> You're like, what? What God gives to us is not one and done answers. That's, that's like what, that's what I call it. Because a lot of people, they pray for something and they get it from, get something from God and then it's done, right? And then they just move on with their lives. God's not in the business of one and done type of answers through your prayers, through the word. When you look at the Bible, the, the way God gives answers is, is always continuous. 
where he gives an answer that leads to another answer that leads to another answer, etc., into eternity. That's how God gives answers. He doesn't just do one and done. We have to see what is it being connected to next. Because that's where Christ's heart is. It's not just one and done, like I'm done with this generation and if they you know, forget about me. No, his heart is always next generation or next step. There's always this continuation aspect of God's answers. And that's why we need to access this true standard, which is through the word of God, right? Christ, we already talked about the true standard, Christ. But how do we interact with the word of God? Not just on Sundays where we're listening to the message, but even simple things like taking, jotting like tiny notes that you got from today and praying on it throughout the week. Something simple as that, you will receive answers. Recently, we've been um, putting the sermons on Spotify. We're on Spotify, <laughs> for those who didn't know. <laughs> it's through a nice um, podcast uh, platform that we're able to do so. So just look up Maryland Church of Love, and it should come up. Right now, it's just this plain Bible picture, but uh, if uh, any artistic people are, you know, want to draw up a nice cover cover art, please let me know. Um, so that's available as well. And you don't have to listen to the whole sermon. You can just listen to like 10 minutes of the sermon, depending on how your morning or day goes. Re-listening also helps because there are, there's a lot of stuff that we actually miss uh, on Sundays as we listen through the message. Um, so as we do so, uh, God gives us the grace that we need for that day. And answers are not just once in a blue moon type of thing for a Christian. No, at least weekly, we, we need to receive God's answers because we receive his word on Sunday. Let us see it take place throughout that week. One answer at a time. Seeing God's word actually taking place in my life. You know how powerful that is because that becomes your weapon against Satan's lies. That becomes your weapon against the, just the kind of the bloodbath that Satan is doing to our communities and to our, you know, just close friends and those who are around us. And when we start to understand God's heart, we can better pray for people. Like we start to see prayer requests just, like prayer topics just come out of, you know, everywhere and <laughs> be like, I can pray for that. And not just pray, or God can give you an idea. Like, I can do something about it. Let me do something about it. He gives us creativity, too, to solve a problem sometimes as well. Be like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. Let me, let me try it. Go for it. We have to understand, God, he is a creative God. So creativity would come from him as well. So why not turn to him, right? There's so much that we are kind of leaving on the table when it comes to our walk with God. And as we really restore that little by little, you know, we start to see our, our standards shift, right? From 
self-centered or other-centered <laughs> to Christ-centered. And that becomes very vital for those who are around you as well. Because you are human at the end of the day. <laughs> um, but God is God at the end of the day as well. And when we turn to him for grace, he gives us the strength that we need to not just battle through the day, but um, overcome the day by the grace that he gives us.